Hello, audience. Welcome to episode 59 of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm Claire. I'm your host. I'm the friendly neighborhood intuitive eating pun loving dietitian behind the microphone here. And I'm really excited to bring you today's episode, episode 59 with my good friend and now fellow intuitive eating dietitian, Alicia Brown. You may know her on Instagram as nutrition with Alicia. If you don't follow her content already and you're not already vibing off of her amazing, fun-loving, really just high energy, I highly recommend that you do so. And she'll talk towards the end of our conversation how you can find her. But before I get into what our conversation is about and why I'm so in love with this episode and ready to share it with you, we got to cover two things. The first thing that we have to cover is we're getting to like not really the middle of September yet. It's definitely still the beginning, but we're bordering on the middle of September. And I don't know about you, but the later that it gets into September, the closer I get to my fall freakout. So if you know me in person, if you know me IRL, as the kids say, maybe we're, we're friends, you know, we hang out on social media, whatever it is, you know that fall, like many of you, but, but fall is my season. I'm in love with fall. I just, you know, the light outside is prettier. The leaves are prettier. The temperature is crisp. You just want to like snuggle up and be cozy all of the time. I just love fall. And this past weekend, I actually decorated a little bit for fall. So if you can see around my home right now, I got some pumpkins placed throughout. I have a lot of orange decorations out and I am ready. But the crazy thing is, and and Aiden actually called me out on this the other day, I love fall and I really call myself a fall enthusiast. But to be really honest with you guys, I don't really love the flavor of pumpkin. I love how it looks. I love how pumpkin-flavored things smell. But when it comes to actually eating pumpkin, I'm not the biggest fan of it. So let me know. Maybe shoot me a DM on Instagram. If I say that I love fall, but I don't really enjoy eating or drinking pumpkin-flavored things, does that make me a sham? Like, does that make me... I don't know. I think I can still be a true fall enthusiast, but maybe give me your opinion. Shoot me an ADM on Instagram. But the other thing that we, of course, have to cover before we get into today's episode is, you guessed it, the Yours Truly Goal Slaying Post of the Week. So if you've hung out with me here on the Yours Truly podcast before, you are well-versed with our private Facebook community, the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. This is free. This is open for anyone who is truly interested in intuitive eating and really taking the principles and the concepts of intuitive eating and learning how to apply them to their actual day-to-day life. So the post that I want to feature today comes from one of my current one-on-one clients who we had a great call and she is actually at the point in her journey we're going on if my memory serves me correctly about five months working together and we're getting to the stage in her journey where we've come a long way in conquering a lot of old food fears and diet rules and we're starting to learn a little bit more about nutrition or what we call gentle nutrition so we're talking about um, nutrient density as you'll hear her say we're talking about how to be more inclusive of, of all foods not out of a diet reason but for different health promoting reasons and to explore different textures and flavors and colors so if you're listening to me read this post and you're maybe still at the beginning 
beginning of your intuitive eating journey. Don't get bogged down in the details. You know, don't go reading all the nutrition books because you'll get there, right? You will get to a point in your journey where you can learn about nutrition and not have it be triggering, or you can learn about nutrition in a way that supports your mental, your physical, your social, and your emotional health instead of learning about it in a way where it can easily become obsessed over. So if you're at the beginning of your journey and you don't want to hear any little tidbit about nutrition, maybe skip ahead about two, three minutes. But if you're down to hear what progression and an intuitive eating journey looks like and how we do talk about nutrition and the health promoting properties of all foods at some point in the journey, feel free to tune in. So she writes, last night I had my Claire and her name, time, that's what she calls her calls, and I cannot believe how fast time has flown. Three months of our time. So I guess it's been three months, not five. (laughs) It has been an adventure. The next two weeks, my main goals are to explore different nutrient-dense food options and explore my options as far as protein sources are concerned. I'm so pumped to branch out and find what I truly like and enjoy. I'm so excited to move into a new and an exciting stage of intuitive eating. For so long, air quote, healthy things were only for dieting and I hated them. But now I can have these foods without any stigma. I'm really looking forward to branching out and feeling how much that I have to gain from this journey. So I want to give a big thank you and a shout out to this goal slayer who, like I said a couple of moments ago, is at the stage in her journey where we are talking a bit more about nutrition and how to include different foods in her day-to-day life, not out of the diet reason or the reason of obligation to live up to all of these diet culture standards, but more so of we want to explore how we feel when we incorporate different foods. We want to pay attention to our energy levels, to our digestion, really how the body is responding to the fuel and the nutrition and the love that we are giving it. So really when we talk about nutrition or gentle nutrition and an intuitive eating journey, we always come at it from the perspective of how we can add more self-care through nutrition into our lives rather than how can we let nutrition take control of our lives and suck the energy out of those different areas of health. Because if I'm being honest, I honestly think that's what diet culture does a lot of the time. It preaches air quote nutrition and health and all of these things that in the long run may actually come at the expense of one's health. So again, thank you to my goal slayer who posted this amazing post. I am so excited for her in this stage of her journey as well. So if you're hearing what we are talking about here on the podcast about this free private community and you're not there already, which if you've been hanging around the podcast for more than one episode, you realize that I talk about this community every stinking time because I hang out there all the time. There is so much value, there's so much support, and there's so much community there. So if you're listening and you think that this would be an awesome place for you to grow and learn more about your journey throughout the intuitive eating process, you are more than welcome to come and join us. So if you find me on Instagram at Claire Tuning, click the link in my bio and it will have the link to the brief application needed to join. The other way you can find the application is if you type in the search bar on Facebook, the yours truly goal slayers, it will pop up there. You can request to join and then watch your messages for your inbox. I'm going to shoot you a message with the link to the application if you join via Facebook that way. 
Don't worry, the application isn't anything scary, isn't anything intimidating. It's just so that I can get to know a bit more about you, where you are in your journey, and I can lay some ground rules and just tell you what this community is all about. So I hope to see you there, but without further ado, da 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 you know what time it is. Time for our fancy transition music here on the Yours Truly podcast to introduce to you today's guest and really the star of the show. So Alicia Brown is a fellow registered dietitian who holds a really special place in my heart. She and I know each other through our mutual friend and mentor, Tony Steffen of the I Believe Mentorship. We are both online nutrition coaches. We, we take people in this online sense, which gives us a lot of flexibility and the opportunity to connect with way more people than we would be able to connect with and help in just that, that in-person setting. So Alicia, as you will hear here on the podcast, she is so full of energy. Like I mentioned earlier, she is such a ray of light. And seriously, every time that I have a conversation with Alicia, whether it's over a podcast like this or when we hop on the phone to catch up sometimes, I walk away from our conversation feeling 10 times better, 10 times more energized. And like, I even have a lot of clarity in in what I do. So kind of what we talk about here on today's episode is what Alicia is going through right now and her personal shift in her own nutrition philosophy and her personal personal approach to nutrition and how she talks about nutrition with her clients. As you'll hear her talk about, she started off being a registered dietitian like we all do. All dietitians were were trained in this very classical weight normative approach to nutrition, where we are taught in this very black and white sense, you know, you help people gain air quote control of their nutrition to air quote lose weight and to air quote be healthier. We are taught this very linear progression of health in our schooling, which some people go on to promote and and maybe they help people in that space. But what Alicia and I really talk about is her transition kind of away from that weight normative stance to more of a weight-neutral approach. What does it mean to be a weight-neutral registered dietitian? Or what does it mean when you work with a registered dietitian who isn't necessarily going to help you actively pursue weight loss? No, we're not saying weight loss is a bad thing. We're not saying you're a bad person for wanting to pursue weight loss, but rather we're saying, what does it look like when we take the shift away from weight loss away from actively trying to make ourselves smaller, and we shift the focus towards behaviors that are actually shown to increase levels of health in the long run. What does that process look like? How is that process sustainable? And how, even for a registered dietitian who is trained in that weight normative approach, what kind of process do we have to go through personally as human beings, as practitioners, to really wrap our heads around? this process and these concepts so that we can not only be our healthiest selves, but we can also live the message that we preach to our clients, to our followers, and to anyone who is maybe looking to do something similar in their own life. So Alicia, when you listen to this, I want to give you a giant thank you. I am so appreciative for your time spent here on the episode because like I said, whenever I'm able to connect with another registered dietitian and have conversations like this, it not only benefits everyone who is listening, but it also really benefits me personally. So I hope that you listening 
You'll really enjoy today's episode with Alicia Brown. If you do not follow her already on social media, please be sure to do so at Nutrition with Alicia. Stay tuned as she goes through some pretty awesome changes in her business and continues to deliver on that value. So here's our conversation. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Alicia Brown, hello, and welcome to the Yours Julie podcast. As we were talking about before we hit record, I have to say, and I know everyone listening will probably pick up on this in like the first 10 seconds of you speaking, but you are bringing the energy this morning. You're so energetic and I'm so happy to have you. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Claire. Yes, ditto. I'm just feeding off of your energy actually. So thank you. Awesome. So happy to be here. It's, um, it really is. I, I'm sitting here next to my yellow mugged cup of coffee, oh. but I think honestly talking to another individual that's just so on and high energy is a more effective way to start the day even than caffeine. So really happy to oh. have you. And I guess what I want to start with is if anyone and everyone listening doesn't know yet who you are, is not familiar with your content, your presence, your personality, give a little description who you are and what you do. Love it. Thank you. Yes. So I am Alicia on Instagram. You can find me as nutrition with Alicia. Um, and I'm always on there on stories and on my feed talking positive, fun nutrition mojo. Um, and a little bit about what I do, Claire, I kind of want to think like big picture because my business right now, I'm in a little bit of a shift. And so I'm going to paint this picture of kind of like where I was and what my thought process was and what it is kind of transforming into if you're cool with that. Absolutely. Go for it. I'm kind of in this like really fun space right now that I want to like share. And so, um, well, I got into this business because, you know, nutrition coaching, because I really knew that so many women out there are not feeling confident in their bodies. Would you agree with that? I would most definitely agree. I see it all the time. I even experience it myself sometimes. I think we all do. Same. Likewise. I think we all do as well. And so, I saw the problem, you know, for so many women today being their ability to lose weight. And so I was like, okay, like I'm a dietitian in this space. I see their pain. I see how their dissatisfaction about their bodies is affecting them and affecting other areas of their life. And so I was like, you know what? I know that they are following diets like fad diets and detoxes and meal plans that are really leaving them in this place where they're really feeling like they're not able to lose the weight they want to and keep it off. So three years ago, I started my business in nutrition coaching and efforts to help women find more sustainable ways of losing weight and gaining confidence both with themselves and food and in life. But I saw weight loss as being the catalyst in all of that, the catalyst to gaining confidence. 
And I would say about, about probably six months ago, I was starting to feel a little bit like this weight conversation was a little bit draining on me. I started to feel like we would make so much progress with health with my clients, like their overall health and well-being. I would have clients say, Alicia, I feel so much more energy. I feel so much more energy. I am sleeping better. I, I love the person I am around my family and my husband and my kids, etc. I'm doing well at work, all of the things. But the scale's not moving, so I'm not happy. And that conversation persisted. And since I never forced weight loss, I never was able to maybe meet their needs where they wanted it to happen, right? To really see the numbers on that scale go down as fast as they wanted it to go down. Have you or any of the listeners kind of felt like, you know, and you were in this place where you wanted to lose weight, you wanted it to get off and you wanted someone to help you get there. I know because I've, I've been there and I've yep. helped women do this, but it requires some degree of caloric deficit, restriction, some degree of structure and force to get there. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in this transition of taking that conversation of weight completely off. So now we can focus on the core well-being principles that actually enable us to be the best versions of ourselves, ridding that weight conversation so we can get at a more real conversation about health not related to weight. So that is now like this pivot that I'm taking with my business, more diving into this intuitive eating approach that seems so aligned with like my heart and how I've lived for a long time, but actually making that like the core of my practice, kind of like removing the weight conversation from that larger conversation. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I love every ounce of that, as you can imagine, as an intuitive eating aligned dietitian myself. I love when I come into contact with individuals who say, hey, I started out in this approach to health or this approach to health with my clients that was more traditional, right? Because you and I can both agree, you even still teach in the, in the academic space some, but we can agree that the message that is predominantly taught is the weight normative approach, is focusing on weight as one of the main measures of health. And I think something to think about as practitioners, when we're thinking, you know, well, well why did I even go down this route in the first place? For me, at least, there, there was like some self-blaming and some shelf-shaming there, right? I'm like, well, well, why didn't I know this other way existed? And it's not any fault of our own. It's not like you were sitting there saying, you know, like, I want to bring grief on my clients, or I want to make it harder right. on them. It's not that at all, but how we are taught and how we are brought up in the educational system as dietitians is this is how we talk about food, and this is how we help people become smaller to be healthy. It's that very linear line between food, movement, weight loss, health, right? But then we kind of get wow. out into the world and what you describe, which I have to thank you for just being so open and honest and transparent being like, listen, potty like, this is the transition <laughs> that I'm going through. And this is what I feel because I hope that other dietitians or even non-dietitians listening to this podcast can resonate because something that you said in there that I kind of want to like pick apart a little bit because I see yeah. this happening so often is you as a dietitian yourself, like in your messaging and your approach with your clients, you even said just there, weight loss was not the overriding theme, right? You were not sitting there with your clients saying, you know, how much weight did you lose? Weight loss, this weight loss, 
past that. But because it was a part of the picture, it was still something that bled into everything, right? Where they're thinking, okay, well, I feel more energy and I feel better in all these ways, but because the number hasn't changed, then I'm not happy and then I'm not satisfied. So I guess from your perspective, why do you think it is like, even if you're taking like you said, the the air quote gentlest and the most air quote sustainable approach to weight loss. Why do you think it is that we are so still dissatisfied if nothing changes? Like, do you think it's a, a false sense of hope that we have? Do you think it's, you know, we're making it out to be much, much bigger than it actually is? Or, or why do you think that kind of hope or that fear exists in that way? Oh, I think that the whole, I think you said it so well that like, the hope for weight loss or the fear of not losing weight, why does that exist? And I, I would say two primary things are why that exists. I think it is ingrained in our mindset from an early age that weight loss is desirable by diet culture, um, by our parents, perhaps siblings, peers, school. Like, you know, I've heard stories, you know, about, you know, like getting weight at school and having to share your numbers with people. Like, Things like that, like experiences from early childhood compounded by diet culture principles that were pounded with relentlessly all the time on the media, social media, we are ingrained to believe that weight loss is desirable and the persistent pursuit of achieving thinness or smaller size is the most desirable thing. So I think that when we think of things like achieving courage or being confident or finding love, or feeling, you know, that kind of like inner sense of self-worth. When we think about those larger topics, since it's so ingrained in our mindset that we have to achieve weight loss to get there, it seems like the false hope is that if we don't achieve weight loss, we can't achieve those things. For example, when I talk to my clients about weight loss and I ask them this question, Claire, I ask them, why do you want to lose weight? Like, why is this so important in your life right now? I really love to ask that question so that you know, like we're aligned on like what mm-hmm. the bigger picture is. And, but that question always gets to something entirely not about themselves or about their bodies at all. It is about the conversation of confidence, of love and self-worth and trust and professional abilities, you know, their ability to have kids, you know, like or be energetic, right? Their energy. So it all has to do with like bigger conversations there, but they see weight loss as the only way to get to those things. And really it's not the case. We don't have to go through weight loss to achieve weight loss, to achieve these bigger things in life. But I think Claire, like what you're saying is that like with diet culture and with this constant thought of being thin and we see thin people feeling this way, being confident, being looked at as more confident, Maybe there's certain weirdness in our culture that really prompts us to think that way, but I want to demystify that. And I also think by extension, if I'm helping my clients lose weight, then I'm verifying the fact that their weight loss will yield confidence. And that's where I had to make a choice to pivot my business because I don't see the weight loss as the thing that's going to help us achieve these greater things in life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I love that. And I, and I couldn't agree more with that last thing that you said. And something that I really like to say, being intuitive eating aligned or taking this non-diet approach that you and I are talking about, I think sometimes, and you can like maybe nod your head if you agree, that some people really tangle this message and misinterpret it to mean we are anti-health or we are anti-weight loss, right? Because we are not preaching the active pursuit. But something that I like to say is your body is so stinking smart, right? Your body is going to do what it needs to do if you are taking care of it And weight is going to regulate where it needs to be. Meaning if we focus on healthy behaviors, like getting enough sleep, like staying hydrated, like talking neutrally to ourselves or kindly to ourselves, or maybe working on varying our food choices or neutralizing the conversation about food, you know, healing that relationship. If we're doing all of those healthy behaviors that are shown to have a positive impact on health in the long run, and not take away from, you know, mental health, emotional, social health, then, hey, for some people, that may mean that their weight doesn't change at all. For some individuals, it may mean that they may gain weight, especially if they've been really restricting or withholding a lot of nutrients from themselves, right? For other people, maybe it means that they lose weight. But I think what you and I are talking about here, which is why I love we are so aligned, is we're focusing on the habits. We're focusing on healing the relationship to food and self and simply allowing weight to do what it wants to do, right? Because I think too, and maybe you would agree with this, maybe you've heard this, that the idea that diet culture has taught us that we are solely 100% responsible for how we show up physically in the world, that really what lead, is what leads us down. I feel like that road where you were talking about earlier, we see something like weight loss and we say that is the key to happiness or the key to confidence and that is completely in my hands, right? But we know the matter of the fact is that so much about our physical body isn't really determined by what we eat or don't eat or how we move our body. A lot of our body size is determined by how we're born, our genetics, right? Our socioeconomic status, maybe what we have access to. So I think there's really something to be said in this conversation for the best thing that we can do for our bodies is treat it well with the resources we have available, right? And one of my clients actually told me yesterday, and this brought such a big smile to my face, (laughs) like throughout this entire journey, I've been trying to find little ways to say, I love you to myself daily, right? Whether that's drinking enough water, like I said, or sleeping. And I'm like, man, Isn't that a beautiful way to think about it? Because it takes the pressure off. It takes the pressure off, you know, I have to be this certain size and shifts the conversation to how do I care for myself? So um, I guess I don't really have like a question spinning off of that for you, but I don't know. I just would love your opinion. I wish people could see you right now because you're nodding your head and you're smiling. And (laughs) what are your thoughts kind of on that? Because I know you see eye to eye with me right now. Right. It's like we've got it so twisted sometimes that like the weight will help us achieve some part of some part of like self-acceptance and self-love. But really, if we thought about it in the opposite way of like, how could we show ourselves that we love ourselves and let our weight need to do what it needs to do as a result of loving ourselves? Like it's a really, it's a, it's, it's a complete opposite conversation of like, having the weight be the catalyst to self-love? No, like 
I've seen it. I've been there. I'm a survivor of anorexia myself. I would say that like through my own disordered eating history, like I, I'm being 79 pounds, Claire, like horrific, like seriously in a really, really dark place. There's no happiness there. There's only loneliness there. There's only a separation from self and self-negligence, like absolutely a lack of self-love. And that can happen at any body size. And I think that that really stands to show like through my own self-experience and through, you know, underweight individuals or overweight individuals, the story about self-love, if it doesn't happen first, then we can't, we, we can't experience all of the joys in life that we're talking about. There's so much greater than the weight conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and something I love that, that you said earlier too, you always ask to like your, ask your clients, well, why, right? Why do we have this narrative of, I have to do this in my health journey, or I have to be this size in order to achieve, like you said, in order you know, to be the catalyst, to be healthier, to be confident. And something that I know you would align with and that I like to encourage my clients by saying is whatever your answer to that question is, right? Whatever you're searching for, whether it's um, to feel confident, to feel happy, to feel fulfilled, or maybe desired by your friends or your partner, can't that exist without focusing on weight loss or without even looking at what your body looks like. Like look at the variety of people and bodies and cultures all around us. And don't you see people being happy or finding love or finding fulfillment in anybody, right? In small bodies, yes. in large bodies, in medium-sized bodies. So it's kind of taking that question um, that you asked earlier and even going a step farther of, well, why does weight loss have to be a part of it? Why can't healthy habits and behavior change and taking care of yourself really kind of of hold its ground in that space. So something that I'm curious about with you, since you're in this transition phase and you're, you're in this period of time where you're not shifting the message entirely, but you're kind of taking it a step farther, right? To remove weight loss from the picture of your coaching. I'm curious, what has, I'm sure there's been a lot of challenges, right? Because it is a transition, but what is maybe one of the biggest challenges or something that you're still trying to kind of trying to wrap your brain around like in this transition phase? Yes. Um, the biggest thing right now, and it's the reason why I haven't onboarded a client in the last three months is because I'm going through like my own stuff. I'm going through like my own internal transition to really see like how I can better embody my practice so I can better show up for my clients and for others. And so right now, the biggest thing is I am diving into, and I have before, but I'm even like fully immersing myself into the intuitive eating space. And I continue to realize things that come up for me and in, in intuitive eating, things that like maybe through my own recovery, through having an eating disorder, I'm like really relating to things in this book through like just my own like, past disordered eating thoughts that have like come up or thoughts from like a diet culture that have come up in myself of reading through the language of intuitive eating. So I guess the biggest thing for me right now is to kind of go through 
every aspect of the process and to be really transparent while I am going through about this process too, because there was a point in my life where that weight was such a big conversation. And with that, the conversation in the mind, like we have these thought patterns that go on autopilot about weight, right? Um, and about self-worth and all of the things that we're talking about. As much as it is that we say it here and as much as I believe it, the thoughts can still arise. Mm -hmm. So while going through intuitive eating and really reading through like the language of intuitive eating, I'm realizing these thoughts that come up when the food police shows up in my own life. When, when I'm having my own thoughts of like not being enough or my own thoughts about my own body size, um, I'm kind of noticing these things right now. I'm kind of confronting them right now and kind of going through this deep internal shift to really see how well I can body embody the practice of intuitive eating so that then maybe I can start onboarding clients and, and helping them kind of go through the same journey that I'm going through as I'm really embodying kind of this new, very intuitive lifestyle. Um, but kind of like as I was shifting from weight loss being the focus, I'm doing my own internal shifts right now and really learning this language. And it's been a really, really incredible, fun time. I'm really learning a lot about myself and I'm feeling like this, like this lightness, this freeness and this absolute ability to like relate to my thoughts on paper and like realize them, make them real. And it's like, I have the tools to overcome them now. It's like, I have through intuitive eating, the tools to overcome diet culture and to reconnect with myself. So it's like, I, it's, I, I feel like I have all the answers, Claire. And I see when you're smiling and you're like, haha, I've had all the answers for some time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. And I'm having this re realizations of, you know, like when I recovered or was in recovery from disordered eating, I wish that I had someone to talk to about with intuitive eating. I wish that I could have learned these things. So I didn't still see in some way that going about weight loss wasn't going to be the thing that got us to the place where we want to be internally. And so now I guess like the biggest thing for me is really learning this fully, embracing the language, earning my certification in intuitive eating, um, and kind of moving forward from there and seeing how that's going to like transform my business. I like... I'm kind of speechless right now. I'm like, oh, I would just like have so many things in my mind that I could say. Um, I, I have to say that process of, of going through it yourself, and it's a lived experience that everybody who eats does on the daily. But if you are newer, air quotes, I always say newer in air quotes because we're all born intuitive eaters, right? But if you're coming right. back to your journey after a time, it does come with this sense of, lightness. It's, you know, and a little bit of trepidation as well, because these, these anxieties and these fears do arise. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies, but it does come with this sense of I'm making progress or I'm making shifts that are going to last me for life, not just for the next couple of months or the next couple of years. And something that I love about what you're talking about right now, and, and hopefully people, they can connect with you on social media after this interview. But I think sometimes people perceive dietitians as the ones who air quote, have it all together around food, right? They look to us as the, the professionals, the air quote, good eaters, the, the people who know all of the answers and do all of the things correctly. Again, air quotes around that word. But what I love about your transparency 
and what you're talking about right now and the shift that you're going through, you are even saying, hey, I have these credentials behind my name. I teach nutrition in the college setting, right? Like have all of this information, but still for me, like you're going through the process, you are unlearning and relearning because the fact of the matter is, no matter how many credentials you have behind your name, how much you know about nutrition, we all live in the same diet culture and no one is immune to these messages. No one is safe from never having their relationship with food impacted. So I love to you as the nutrition professional being very open and saying, I, I know about nutrition, but I haven't felt like I've had all of the answers or I've had it put together in a way that really resonates with me until now. Like, would you say that that's true? Yes, absolutely true. And yeah, so like when I teach nutrition courses and when I'm working with clients, I feel like I get to be in this place, like as a nutrition coach, to be in a place of love, to like see them exactly where they're at and to like hold space for them there. And that's one thing that like, even though I'm learning all of these like new incredible things, like I've always been having this kind of stance of wanting to achieve health for my clients, independent of weight loss, right? So like the weight loss had to be part of the equation of health because I was never willing to like force weight loss by restriction or by following fad diets or cutting out free groups or creating a steep caloric deficit. So like when I was in that place, I was kind of like helping my clients from like a place of love saying like, these are the things that like we can do on a weekly basis that they would come up with themselves, right? Um, to achieve a greater state of health. But yes, what you're saying is like, if weight loss isn't part of that equation, we can do so much more deeper work in the space of overall health. And so like with my students and with my clients, like I can truly be my, what, what aligns best with myself is really this health at every size mentality, because that's how I already see them. And so now we can alleviate the conversation of the physical transformation and talk about the internal mental relationship with food, relationship with themselves, transformations there. And I think that's where the real deep, meaningful lifetime work happens. Mm -hmm. So it's the really exciting piece. But I guess one thing um, that I think I might find challenging in this journey is to really um, help my clients um, understand what healthy looks like without weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. So what can health look like if it means I'm not losing weight? What does health look like? What does it feel like? Because we're so attached to that weight loss idea. And then also with my students in the classroom, how can I adopt a language that's incredibly, that relieves the stigma or relieves the, any of the conversation about weight and health there as well. So I can empower each of my college students, right. To feel mm -hmm. empowered by nutrition and not like something that they're going to have to wrestle with to get to a certain place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think too, this, this whole thing, which I've probably said already once or twice in this episode and something that I say all of the time, they, I honestly probably got this from the intuitive eating book that you keep referencing, which if anyone doesn't know the book that she's referencing, it's literally called intuitive eating, a revolutionary <laughs> program that works by Evelyn Triboli. And Fresh. It is like my Bible. I will go to my grave with that book in my hands because it has changed so much for me. Um, but yeah. they say it really is an unlearning and a relearning process because since again, we live in this diet culture, 
We are taught that health looks a certain way or to pursue health or to achieve it. It has to come with this weight loss ideal or the thin ideal. Um, But there is a process that we have to go through in intuitive eating, figuring out, well, if I remove this, then like you were saying, what the heck does health look like? And I'll be completely transparent for many of my clients, for me, even learning a lot of these concepts, it takes a while to wrap our brains around. Well, if the thing I've been actively striving for so hard, right? So hardly for so long is not really in the picture anymore. Like, sure. Like we talked about at the beginning, it may happen, It may not, but if my sole focus isn't there anymore, well, then what the heck am I doing? And something that um, I'll say right now, maybe it will help you personally or anyone who is listening, really, something that I encourage all of my clients to do is a a one-line journaling practice, meaning at the end of each day, sit down either on your phone, on a piece of paper, and just kind of reflect over your day and find one positive thing that you did out of self-care or health for yourself that had nothing to do with your weight. So maybe it was uh, you ate lots of different colors that were very enjoyable for you throughout the day. Maybe it was you ate a slice of pizza and pizza is a fear food for you and you haven't eaten it in years. Maybe it's you moved freely as we would call it, or you drank one more water bottle than you normally do. Just something that starts to slowly reiterate the concept day in and day out that your health is important. You know, you're honoring your health, but there are ways to do that where you don't have to report to the sad plastic box every day, which is what I call (laughs) (laughs) one of my clients. um, We call it like the sad step or the sad plastic box. That's what we've started calling it together. But I think it really is important to relearn that as practitioners and also kind of help our clients to do that as well. So um, that being said, you and I could go on for days, <laughs> for hours, right? And I think the first time, actually, for anyone listening, the whole idea of Alicia and I doing a podcast together actually came from a yes. not recorded conversation at all. She like called me up on the phone one day. We had scheduled a time to talk, and she was telling me about this process she's starting to go through. And of course. I was super excited to hear it. So we decided to have another conversation in a recorded format to maybe um, help some other people. So I guess I have two final questions for you as we kind of wrap up here. The first one is more of a logistical question. So if anyone is hearing your story, hearing the inspiring process and the time that you're going through right now, and they want to hear more from you, they want to be present with you on your journey and learn as you learn more about intuitive eating and maybe potentially one day become one of your clients as you start to onboard and get back into that process. Um, Where can they find you and what's the best way to get in contact with you? Instagram. I hang out on Instagram all the time, all the days, right where you are too. Yep. Yep. Um, (laughs) So Instagram, uh, my handle is at uh, nutrition with Alicia and it's A-L-I-C-I-A with is all spelled out. Um, so that's where you can find me on there. And Claire, you mentioned the phone call that we had. Yes. And I just want to like, thank you. And like for everyone listening, like, you know how awesome Claire is. Like, if you ever wanted to reach her, like, you know, she's on Instagram too. And like, thanks for just like, you know, picking up the phone that day and talking with me about some of these things. Because as I was going to these shifts, like I was in my car, like there was like one moment where I was like, I just, I have to call Claire. I want <laughs> like, 
I have to call Claire. And and I did. And I just like left that conversation. And I like when I put the phone down, I was like, oh, she's the best. Like she is the best. So, so grateful for you. And so grateful again, like for this opportunity. And yeah, and if anybody wants to hang out on Instagram with me, feel free. Nutrition with Alicia. That's where I'm at. Well, thank you so much. You are so kind. And everybody, come hang out with the both of us. We'll both be the intuitive eating dietitians. And like I said at the beginning of the call, when I talked to you today and also that other day, and again, hopefully everybody can pick up on this after listening to you speak for the last like 30 or so minutes. You are so energetic. Whenever I hang up the phone with you, it's like, I feel jazzed and I'm going to have a better day because of it. And before my last question, since everybody can't see us since podcasts are not a visual, but an auditory platform, I have to tell everyone that Alicia right now is repping the first ever Your Shuli line of apparel. It has a PB&J on it. It says, spread the love. Um, I sent these out to my clients and to some of my amazing dietitian BFFs. So more are in the works soon. Round two of those, but love thanks it. for repping Your Shuli. So the last question, that I have for you as we wrap up our wonderful conversation today is, of course, you know very well that my whole premise and my platform is not only intuitive eating, of course, but it's learning to be gentle with yourself and show yourself self-compassion and care along every step of the way. So my question for you, lovely Alicia, is what practice or what do you do in your daily life to live a little bit more gently and kindly with yourself? Dance parties. <laughs> um, no joke. This is, this is a real thing. And I've encouraged my clients to do this and I do it myself. Um, the gym has not given me um, like a real sense of like freeness that I want to experience. Right. So, so I love to dance. I've always loved rhythm. And so, like, my new thing is, and for everyone listening, like, I encourage you to, like, do this. It sounds silly. You're going to think this is silly. But there doesn't have to be other people around. I want you to play your favorite song. I don't know. Claire would play the Jonas Brothers. Maybe for <laughs> you, it's like, I don't know. Yesterday, it was, like, Celine Dion. I don't know. Um, <laughs> play it and just, like, dance. Just, like, groove. I did it, like, when I was on a walk outside yesterday. I was just like moving my body the way it wanted to move outside. I was feeling really in my element. So to me, that was like something I can do every day. There's no like barriers. I don't have to like travel anywhere. I'm also like moving freely, which I know is something that you hold yep. super dear. So mm -hmm. daily, like daily dance parties. I love that. You are completely <laughs> correct that my song of choice would be something from one of the Jonas Brothers albums. <laughs> Again, people can't see right now, but after she stopped speaking, Alicia went into a full dance party. Like she's grooving. I'll be there. <laughs> We're dancing together. This is the moment where I really wish people could see. You know what? I'm recording this right now. Maybe I'll put this on Instagram so people can see what we actually did. <laughs> but um, Alicia, this has been incredible, amazing. Insert every positive or good adjective that ever existed here. Thank you so much for your time and being really open and transparent with your transition that you're going through as you personally become the intuitive eater you were meant to be and also figure out how to professionally um, share that with your clients. So if anyone who is listening does not follow Alicia and her dance parties yet, be sure to give her a follow on social media. But until next time, until next week's edition of the podcast, yours truly, Claire and Alicia. <laughs> 
Hello, friend. Me again, returning solo to offer a big thank you and extend my personal gratitude for you for tuning haha, into the Yours Truly Putt. No, if you're wondering, I don't think I'm ever not going to use that pun because it's too great to have this last name and have all of these wonderful opportunities to make puns on it. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Yours Truly Podcast, and I hope that you gained a ton of value from listening to Alicia and I speak about what it's like to have a weight-neutral or a non-weight-focused approach. So if you gained a lot of value from this episode or any of the episodes that we offer here on the Yours Truly podcast. It would mean the world and all of the PB&Js in it to me if you could take just a quick moment to tap that five-star rating and leave a review telling us what you loved about the episode and what you gained from the podcast. Now, if you really gained a lot of value from this episode, it would also mean the world to me if you could extend the invitation to listen to this episode to anyone who you might think could benefit from hearing this message. So if you're listening on iTunes, the really easy way to do that is tap those little three dots in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen and get a shareable link to text out, to email out, to at least one friend who could benefit from hearing this message. You can also do this very simply by taking a screenshot of however you're listening to the podcast, uploading it to your social media feed so that maybe not only one person who needs to hear it will see, but maybe more people as well. So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for for listening, for supporting the podcast, and share this message with at least one person who needs to hear it. But we'll see you back here next week. Yours truly, Claire.